Well, tar spot is a disease that has been creeping into our state for the past few years, and this year apparently got all the way into our state. I'm told it was in virtually every county in the state, but the good news is that tar spot impacts are pretty much determined to a great degree on moisture. Rainfall, of course, but I'm also told high humidity, and this year tar spot did not get as good a foothold early because the hot and dry conditions that we've had kind of kept that at bay. But our go-to girl for the straight scoop on plant diseases, as always, is Purdue plant pathologist Darcy Talenko. Darcy, always great to catch up with you. How would you describe the level of tar spot pressure that we saw this year? I would say we're about a moderate level of pressure in some of those areas that have had tar spot and been fighting tar spot continuously. The one thing I'd say is some of our growers have learned what they need to do, and so they were able to manage it and keep most of it at bay. Mm. But like you mentioned in the weather, so diseases in corn and soybeans, weather's key on whether that disease is going to be a problem in each season. So our droughty conditions in June, you know, really kept the disease at bay. But then there are pockets where, you know, they got rainfall in July and kicked things up to start. So it just depends where you were in the state, whether, you know, tar spot made an appearance or not. And there are some pockets that are new pockets of where it was more severe than they had seen previously. Now, in the past, you've mentioned in conversations that we've had that there are no hybrid varieties really that mitigate it completely, at least not yet. Uh, There are resistant to tar spot, but apparently I'm hearing there are some hybrids that have shown at least to, to provide some protection against tar spot. Yeah, I think there are um, now hybrids coming online where we know that they have some tolerance or better resistance. There's no true resistance, but um, there are some that I've seen where we can reduce the disease development in the canopy. So those areas, I guess those growers that are, you know, had problems with tar spot, I start, you know, asking if there's any more data on it. The problem is we can have multiple years of good disease pressure to really get evaluations and that changes year to year. Well, and, you know, like everything we do these days, it seems we're looking at multiple modes of action. So what else is there in the toolkit, maybe beyond hybrid selection that farmers can employ in the battle against tar spot? Well, generally, so hybrids are the first I would go to to try to select some hybrids or make some, you know, have some diversity of hybrids across your farm. And then we do know that our fungicides can provide protection. Uh, tar spot is the one disease, though, that's really going to push the limitations of our fungicides. So and those fungicides um, generally are active three to four weeks. And so if we spray too early, we may not have the coverage we need at the end of the season. And then we've also learned sometimes if you go in too late, you may not slow it down. So a well-timed fungicide application can generally help manage tar spot. And most of our work, one application can provide pretty good protection. Um, it's those years where the disease starts earlier when late vegetative stages where we you know, may have needed the protection up front, but then we don't get the full season coverage. So then that may justify a second um, application going out to get you that full window of protection till, till the crop gets to maturity. Yeah. Well, at Purdue, I know you guys are doing a lot of testing in your test plots around the state. What, what are you guys working on? What uh, Are there any things maybe coming in the future that you can uh, talk about? Well, so one of the projects we have, and we're still in the middle, we're at the last disease ratings now before we get ready to harvest. Um, we've been looking, I've been working with Dan Quinn, our agronomist, and we've been looking at different maturity groups uh, at our hybrids, along with, you know, hybrid differences in susceptibility, you know, and does the maturity change where the disease moves in and, and the fungicide application. Um, I also have a graduate student who's trying to improve our understanding of the microclimates that trigger the disease to develop. So we're trapping spores and we have microplots that are being irrigated at different times because the, the hardest part of this disease is we really can't do much in off-season working in the greenhouse in the lab because it's just a hard pathogen to culture. And there are some new tools that we're getting that 
can get infection in the lab so we can start looking at um, resistance in the greenhouse, but we're still not quite there to really hone in on those caveats of what the, the exact moisture and temperature conditions that will trigger yes or no the disease is going to be active within that crop canopy to predict, yes, we need to get ready and put out a protecting fungicide. Yeah, boy, there's just nothing like <laughs> really being out there in the field. It's like Bob Nielsen uh, he used to say, yeah, boy, there's nothing like a, a good learning experience when we have a really ugly year for some of this stuff. Right. <laughs> Hard to duplicate. Yeah, so Dan Quinn's the new guy for Bob Nielsen. So Dan Quinn's the one that's stepping out there getting out in the field with us too. Purdue plant yeah. pathologist Darcy Telenko, your insights and advice, always valuable addition to the conversation here and we sure appreciate it. So for that, we thank you for joining us. Oh, it was great to join you too. Thank you. Podcasts by Federated Media.